Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we are wrapping up a series today called Consumed. And the idea behind the series is that God says he is a consuming fire. God wants to consume us, but in a way that when you're consumed by him, then you find real meaning, fulfillment, and purpose in life. God is the consuming fire who wants to consume us. Unfortunately, our society has made us consumers. We always want to take and take and receive and get. And so when we come into God's kingdom, there is a clash of kingdoms between God saying, I want to consume you and me saying, God, I want to consume an experience, a, a, an entertainment, something that'll make me happy. And God says, no, at some stage in your Christian life, if you are going to be a true Christian, you need to move from being a consumer to being consumed by the king of the universe. And we've looked at a couple of stories over the last few weeks. We looked at after Jesus fed the 5,000 people, crowds of people followed him wanting more bread. They were consumers and he had to make it clear to them that it's not just about getting stuff. It's about a relationship with the King of Kings. He said, you actually have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were offended by it. And all of them left until there were just the 12 disciples left because they understood that we need to be consumed by Christ. They said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and you have the words of eternal life. They were consumed by him. And that's why they remained. That was the first week. The second week, we looked at Moses and the burning bush. Moses is walking along and a bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. And we saw how that's a picture of how God's consuming fire doesn't force us to be consumed by him. We have to progressively, step by step, allow his consuming fire to consume us. He gives us the power of his Holy Spirit, which is like a fire, but we cooperate and we say, Lord, consume me more, consume my emotions, consume my thoughts, consume my plans and my desires. And as we allow him to do that, he consumes us more. And we looked at how Moses was consumed. He became like the bush, the burning bush. He had this fire within him, but he was not fully consumed. He had to allow God to do it. And today we are closing the series by looking at the word baptism, because this is a word that has become religious. Did you know that when the translators were translating the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into English, there were some words, there's a list of words, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 words, which they did not translate. They took the Greek word and they just anglicized. They took a Greek word called baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. It's a Greek word. And instead of translating it into what the correct English word is, they just said, we don't know what to do with this. Let's just take this word and we'll keep it as a Greek word, but we'll just make it sound English. We'll call it baptism. There was no word called baptism in the English language until this time. But the translators said, we're going to take a Greek word and we're going to call it an English word. And the reason was, I believe, because 
For centuries, they'd been baptizing babies by sprinkling a few drops on their head. And when they looked at what the word baptizo means, they realized, oh, it doesn't mean that. Well, rather than throwing out centuries of tradition, let's just make it a religious sounding word so that people don't know that we've actually been doing it wrong all these years. So the word baptizo means this. There was a man called Attalus, a Greek writer, who wrote that his ship was sinking. His ship had been crushed and, and wrecked and it was sinking and as it was engulfed by the sea, the sea was filling the boat and, and all over the boat, he said, my ship was baptizoed, was baptized, engulfed, consumed, overwhelmed. There was another man who wrote about how to dye a garment. He said, you take the garment and you baptizo it in the dye. The dye overwhelms the garment and fills it and actually changes the nature of the garment. The garment becomes, takes on the color of the dye. That's baptizo. It's, it's engulf. It's overwhelm. Imagine every time in the Bible where it says, uh, where Peter says, repent and be baptized. Imagine they'd really translated that word correctly. And he said, repent and be overwhelmed. Repent and be engulfed. Repent and be consumed. It would have changed the way that we read the Bible. Instead of this weird religious word, oh, you're a baptism, it's a religious right. No, no, I understand I'm being engulfed by the King of Kings. Something there. Another writer, Nick Kander, he's writing about how to make a pickled vegetable. And he says, first of all, you dip the vegetable into boiling water, bapto, which is not the word baptizo, it's dip. First of all, you dip the the thing, the vegetable into boiling water, and then you baptizo it into vinegar. Pickle it. In other words, the vinegar comes in and, and starts to change the nature of the vegetable. That's what this word baptizo means. And there are three different aspects of it in the Bible. Again, we've taken a word that is so full of meaning, it's got three different meanings in the Bible, which I'm going to show you now. But we've, we've kind of stripped it of all its meaning and its power and we made it into one little thing which people do to little babies and it's just everyone does it and it means nothing anymore. But actually it's supposed to be really powerful. So the first is um, Acts 2 verse 41. It says, those who received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. It's talking about this putting under water. Peter or the apostles would have taken people and put them right under water. They were engulfed by the water, but the water is only one of the three parts of the meaning of baptism. It's not the whole thing. Being put under water is not the whole picture. I really hope that you haven't thought baptism is just a routine little thing that we do and, and you can ignore it. No, no. The water is just one third. 1 Corinthians 12 says, The body is one but has many members, and so we also are part of the body of Christ. And then verse 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into the body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we've all been made to drink in one spirit. It's saying the Holy Spirit, so the first one is a human being takes me and baptizes me in water. The second one is the Holy Spirit takes me and baptizes me into the body of Christ. He actually puts me inside Jesus 
body, his physical body, when he died on the cross, I am identified as in Christ. When he died on the cross, I died on the cross. When he was buried in the tomb, I was buried in the tomb. When he rose again, I rose again. That's what baptizo is all about. It's about being consumed and engulfed and put into the body of Jesus. And it includes the church. We put into this amazing thing called the body of Christ. That's the second meaning. And then the third meaning, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize, baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's the third part of baptism. The first one was a human being puts me under water. Okay, I got it. It's not sprinkling, it's putting underwater, right? Got that one. The second one is the Holy Spirit puts me into the body of Christ. Okay, I kind of get that. The third one, John the Baptist said, Jesus himself will baptize you, will engulf you, will overwhelm you with the Holy Spirit. Imagine this pool of, of Holy Spirit water and Jesus takes you and he puts you in the water overwhelms you, but it also gets inside you and fills you and changes who you are. The Holy Spirit gets inside you and changes you. And this is the power of baptism. I um, remember when I was baptized, I had just become a Christian. I had been filled with the Holy Spirit, which means baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'd started speaking in other languages and all, the, all these amazing things had happened. And someone said to me, now you need to just finish the job by getting baptized in water. And so I went to a man and I said, please, will you baptize me? He took me on the day. He put me underwater in a swimming pool. I came up. I didn't feel anything particularly other than a little bit cold and wet. But I believe and I know that since that day, things changed in my life. It was almost like the three parts had come together. I'd been put in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit had engulfed me. And now water uh, had washed my body. But also it was a picture of me being washed and cleansed and being put into the body of Christ. And that changed my life. I had been christened as a little baby. I still have the silver mug with my name on it. That didn't change my life. It did nothing to me because you can take the form of God's things and you can make them into a religious ritual and they have no power. But you put the power of Christ into something and it changes everything. Now in the Bible, these three aspects of baptism sometimes happened all on the same day. There's a story in Acts chapter 10 where Paul, uh, sorry, Peter is preaching in Cornelius' house. And while he's preaching about the, the death of Christ on the cross, the Gentiles who were sitting in the room heard it. They believed, they understood the gospel. They were saved and born again. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. And they started speaking in tongues. And Peter said, well, if they've received the Spirit, we might as well put them in water as well. And they baptized them in water. It happened all on the same day, within a few hours of each other. There are other times where a person gets saved, but then many Days, weeks, or even years later, they get baptized in water, and sometimes they get baptized in the Holy Spirit a whole other time as well. Sometimes these three aspects that are supposed to go together 
are separated by time. And I suspect that many of us are in that position. There's a man called David Pawson who's written a book called The Normal Christian Birth. And he says, the normal Christian birth in the Bible was you got engulfed in water, you got engulfed in the Holy Spirit, and you got engulfed in the body of Christ all on the same day. But many of us have maybe not even had one of those three, or we've had them many weeks and months and years separated from each other. And as a result, our birth into Christ has been a little bit shaky and not normal. And, and we're wondering why we're struggling as Christians. It's because we weren't delivered as Christians, as Christian babies in the normal way. So I'm gonna go through these very briefly, all three, and just explain to you. So the first one, is when we're baptized in water. Romans 6 verse 3 says, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So the first one is, I'm put into the death of Christ. This speaks of me being willing to die to myself. I heard a true story about a missionary who went to some Pacific Islands, some, a group of people who had never heard of Christ before. And he told them about Jesus dying for them on the cross. And he said, if you believe this, you must come and be baptized in water. And they had all said, yes, we believe. But when he came to baptism, only one man stepped forward and said, I'm willing to be put under water. And so he baptized him. But then later he asked his interpreter to find out why all those others had not been willing to come and be baptized, even though they'd said that they believed in Jesus. And the reason was they thought when they were put under water, they were actually going to be drowned. They really thought that he was going to hold them under until they drowned. And still one of them was willing to do it. But there's a reality in this. When I get baptized, what I'm saying is, Lord, you consume me. Your will becomes my will. I die to the old me. It's not just I clean up the old me and make me a better person. No, I die and now I'm a brand new creature. Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you been underwater but also in your heart said, Lord, I'm dying with you and when I rise again, I'm a new person. I'd encourage you to do that. The second one is being put into the body. Um, it talks about us being baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, being consumed by the bigger body of Christ. And this is a beautiful picture of I'm, I'm committing myself to a bigger family. It's not just me, my needs, my desires. I'm not first anymore. I'm putting other people first. I'm getting into a church where I, I lay down my life for other people. And again, it goes counterculture because culture says, I must consume and others must serve me. But when I start to serve other people, when I'm consumed with the well-being of others, I find true life and fulfillment. Sometimes when a person is very depressed, I will say to them, go and help very needy people. Go and volunteer in an orphanage or in a, or whatever. Go to India and, and 
try and feed people who are hungry. Because when we serve others, we come out of our, this weird thing where I'm looking at myself. Not that all depressed people are looking at themselves. But it can help us to, to really find the meaning and the fulfillment in life. And then the third one is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, we know that John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this is this picture of the consuming fire. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, He fills me, but He consumes me. He takes over my life. When you became a Christian, you had a small part of the Holy Spirit in you. But when you get baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, He fills you to overflowing. And it changes your life. So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And again, I need to ask you, dear brother or sister, where are you with this one? Has the Holy Spirit got a small part of you or have you allowed him to fill you? I've told the story before, but I'll tell it again. I was a 17 year old. I'd become a Christian a few months earlier. I was in a small Christian meeting and the person at the front said, if anyone wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit and and receive the gift of tongues come to the front and we'll lay hands on you and pray for you and I went to the front thinking I would help them lay hands on other people even though I knew I hadn't been filled with the Spirit but they got me they prayed for me and over the course of the next couple of hours I went away by myself I started praying uh, I started saying just one word in tongues and it changed my life since then, I've been praying in tongues, honestly, every single day of my life. And the Holy Spirit is filling me every day more and more. Without it, without it, there's not the normal Christian birth. It's like you're running on half power. You need Him. We need Him. And then my last point is that it's not just an event in the past, but it's an ongoing process. The dying to myself when I get baptized, is that just a once-off event? Yes, it is, but then it's a daily event. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, If any, anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. In other words, die to myself daily. Get consumed daily. Get baptized daily by the death of Christ. Say, Lord, I'm remembering I died with you every day when I wake up I say I'm not the same person I used to be I'm a new creation what about the the baptized into his body the church you know in John chapter 2 Jesus um, came into the temple which was their equivalent of the church and he saw people there who were consumers instead of being consumed by God um, they were buying and selling they were selling um, pigeons and things and they were changing money. It became a place of business and he got very angry and he started whipping them and saying, get out, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of thieves. He was very upset because they had turned God's body, God's house into a thing of consumerism instead of being consumed by God. And it says at the end of that, John 2 verse 17, zeal for your house 
has consumed me. Again, it's an ongoing thing. Are you daily and weekly consumed by the body of Christ? It's not just a once-off baptism many years ago. All the time, ongoing, I've got to say, the body of Christ, the people, the family, the, the family of God that I'm part of, I lay down my life for them. It consumes me how well the other Christians and, and the body of Christ is doing. And then lastly, the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul says, Don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit was not just an event that happened once long ago. Every day, I need to say, Holy Spirit, fill me again. Fill me more. Overflow. Engulf me. Consume me. Overwhelm me. Baptize me. And when we do that, we change. We change from being consumers to being those who are consumed by God. So, brothers and sisters, I need to ask us today. First of all, how's your baptism? Have you been baptized? Some people say to me, often, I was baptized as a baby. I say, you had no part in that. You had no faith when that happened. Get baptized properly. Other people have said to me, I was baptized, I was put under water, but I feel like I didn't really know what was going on and I feel like I need to do it properly now. I said, that's fine, we'll do you again. If you start doing it five, six, seven times, I'll start to question you, but I'm happy to do it several times until you feel that you've done it properly. Getting baptized. Secondly, what about this thing of being put into the body of Christ? Do you feel like you've been consumed with the well-being of God's church? Or is church something you go to as a consumer, saying, oh, well, I'll, I'll pick this one, I'll pick that one. I watched a video recently, and they were mocking American Christians picking a church. I don't know if you saw it. It was doing the rounds on social media. And there was a young couple that were saying, we want the preacher to look like this guy, but to sound like this guy. We want the worship team to dress like this, but to sound like this. We don't like this kind of kids ministry. We want this kind of sanctuary. We want this look and feel and this type of name of the church. And they were consumers. They were trying to get something as a consumer. But the opposite is saying, I'm consumed by the well-being. Zeal for your house has consumed me like Jesus. It's not about buying and selling and getting my needs met. It's about laying down my life for the body of Christ. And those who are not yet in the body of Christ, laying down my life to bring the, the lost into the church of God. And then lastly, the Holy Spirit. Is your baptism in the Holy Spirit, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues? And if you have, maybe it's a distant memory and you are not continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's something from long ago and God is prompting you today to say it's not just a once-off event. Allow me to consume you. Allow the Holy Spirit to consume you daily. There's a beautiful verse in Jude Verse 20, it says, build yourselves up in the Holy Spirit and in your holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love 
of God. It's talking about this ongoing thing of praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, but allowing the Holy Spirit to build you up and keep you in the love of God. It's not a once-off event. I, I'm sad when I hear of people who say, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I seldom pray in tongues anymore. I seldom uh, experience the gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, prophecy. Um, it's not a reality for them anymore. And I'm sad for them because they're missing out on something so beautiful. We need to keep ourselves in the love of God, build ourselves up in our most holy faith as we pray all the time in the Holy Spirit. So I want to give us the opportunity today. If you want to be baptized in water, we're doing baptisms quite soon. Let us know. There's a sign-up sheet at the back. We would love to baptize you in water. If you say, I don't think zeal for God's house has consumed me. I'm trying to consume church like I consume a movie or a whatever else, any other service. Then you need to say, God, let your body consume me. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or you want to be continually filled, filled again, we would love to pray for you today. We're going to have to do another talk on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and all the details of that. And I would love to do that, but today is not the day. Just to say that Luke 11, verse 11 to 13, Jesus says, If an earthly father, if his son comes to him and asks for a fish or a piece of bread or an egg, He's not going to give him a snake or a scorpion or a stone. He's going to give him what he wants. In the same way, your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He's saying, imagine an earthly parent. If your child comes and says, Daddy, I'm hungry. Please, can I have a piece of bread? You're not going to trick him and give him something bad like a scorpion. He says, if you go to your Father in heaven, you say, Father, baptize me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. He says, your heavenly Father will say Yes. The earthly father doesn't say to the child, have you been good enough? Or he shouldn't. He doesn't say, have you, have you fulfilled all these requirements? He just says, you're hungry, I'll give you. Your heavenly father doesn't expect you to be perfect and fulfill a whole lot of requirements. He just says, if you're hungry to be consumed by me, I fill you and I fill you to overflowing with my Holy Spirit. And then we just start to speak. The, the verse in Acts, in, talking about Pentecost, it says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. They, start, they chose to start speaking in other languages. And it's up to you, once you've said, Father, fill me, you say, thank you for filling me, and then you start to speak. And the Holy Spirit starts to bubble up like a, a living spring of water within you. And He gives you the words to say. So can I ask the worship team to come up please? So I'm going to ask us to make a decision today. If you need to be baptized in water, make that decision. If you need to be consumed by God and you just say, Lord, I'm sorry I've been a consumer. I want to change, Lord. I've been like those money changers in the temple going to the body of Christ for what I can get instead of serving the living God. God, I'm sorry. If that's you, just, just say sorry to him. He's so faithful. He forgives, he cleanses, he pours out his forgiveness on us right now. So just 
Just receive that. Just say, sorry, God. I receive that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that I'm only really fulfilled in you. I'm sorry for running around looking to meet my own needs instead of allowing you to fulfill me. And then lastly, if you're here today and you say, I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, or I have been, but I want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to touch you right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm going to ask him to touch you right where you are. And he does. Just raise your hands to him. Luke 11, verse 13. Jesus said, if you ask your heavenly Father, he will give you his Holy Spirit. So just ask him. Just say right now, just say, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just say that with your own mouth right now. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And the smile of heaven, the promise of Scripture is that God says yes. And He fills you right now. Holy Spirit, fall upon your hungry people's hearts right now. And the act of obedience that comes out of that is I then start to speak, praise God, with sounds that are not my native language, not English, not a language I know. I start to use my mouth and my voice and my lips and I start to speak sounds that are not English. And I watch the Holy Spirit fill me with words that come from Him. So just start to speak. There it is. Be released. Be released. Be released like a cork coming out of a bottle, being released right now in Jesus' name. Let it flow. Start to speak. You'll feel foolish, but do baby steps. Do baby steps. Just speak. Just allow your voice to speak and watch the words come from God. They don't come from your own brain. They come from Him. As you practice it, as you daily speak, He fills you. He builds you up in your holy faith. He keeps you in the love of God. He strengthens you in your inner man. Keep speaking. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.